0: Ahoy there legendary listeners, you are listening to the Halo Effect podcast with Lauren Quellhurst and we have the beautiful Joe Samodi. I hope I have pronounced that right, I didn't ask. <laughs> um, we've got him on as our featured guest today and he is a lifelong teacher, writer, speaker and seeker and the reason that I found Joe was that I was looking to people who a similar background in yoga philosophy and teaching and he's actually a certified para yoga teacher level two and a certified Vishoka meditation instructor so if all of those words sound gobbledygook we will get into explaining those or you can google them for yourself Um, he is also has a huge background in video And, um, yeah, in production in that area. And he was an actor back in the day. Um, So he has a whole heap of random knowledge that I'm going to pick his brain about throughout the podcast. Um, But something else that he recently mentioned to me, that he's currently writing his first fiction thriller book that will weave in the teachings of yoga. So I'm very, very curious to hear all about your story joe and just going right from the beginning i would love to hear how you transitioned from being in video and acting to how yoga came into your life and how you chose that as your path moving forward and i know it's only one of the paths but if you could speak to that first
1: Well, Lauren, thank you for having me on Halo. This is cool to to feel like you sort of spiritually have elevated the conversation already with the name of the podcast. So congratulations on this awesome title and awesome quest of your own. Um, My quest truly began uh, in 1997 when I took my very first yoga class in college and it was in a wrestling room in a university with a lovely teacher and I'll never forget the spirit that she brought to that energy in 1997, and I kind of got hooked there, but then distracted for a second, and then back onto the the path um, somewhere in the early 2000s, and then had you know this thing happen, which is my lower back just didn't want to cooperate with life. I was uh, in periodic spasms for days and would be on the floor completely unable to move for three to five days in a row. And I really began the journey there where I just thought, well, what am I doing? That's causing all of this pain. I look fit. I eat my greens. I exercise. I follow all the right rules according to uh, what I saw the world as. And just realized that I was missing a big piece of the truth and why I was putting myself in such pain, how I'd put myself in such pain. So that journey really began in sincerity around early 2000s and uh, motivated my inquiry into becoming a teacher. In 2007, I took this month-long teacher training in New York City in a hot July, and uh, we sweated it out for a good I sat back down, literally one rotation of a sun salutation, and then we had to sit down, and the next teacher, next student, the next student. I was hooked. I just got something in me that goes, well, maybe I have a space here to share something unique. And it was so different from sitting in front of a computer with uh, video uh, content. So I uh, continued to just find my way and as i was finding my way as a teacher i was also finding my way through my lower back pain so the two kind of joined together so i could learn what it was that i wasn't seeing clearly
0: that's a beautiful answer joe and um and in terms of figuring that out from a physical standpoint i'm sure as you progress into your understanding of the ancient wisdom and teaching that there is a lot held in the lower centers of the body. And I would love to hear your hindsight and insight into what that lower back pain would have been, whether it was in terms of like stability or attachment or ego. Because I know that when we're talking briefly on, um, I think it was Instagram, you said one of your passions was the navel center. And I I wondered whether that had any relation to your lower back and healing it. (laughs)
1: Well, my lower back was on fire because I didn't know stop. I didn't know my capacity. I didn't understand the nuances of my inner world. I didn't have a language to approach it. Everything that I thought the inner world was about was through the perspective of the outer world. And so I had really no depth to that language and conversation with myself. So whenever a healer would come to me or I'd go to them, I was very limited in how I could process what they were giving me. And maybe I was given the answer a hundred times during all those years of pains, but I never could really process it fully until I understood where that heat was coming from in my lower back and how much I would have to change my life, diet, exercise, exercise, uh, thought processes, uh, all the things that would cool my back down and really give me stability, long-term stability. And there were a lot of choices I had to make that needed to change, but the big common denominator, which I hope your listeners will take very seriously, is that the, the most dramatic change I made was with the breath. In terms of working with the breath in a really systematic way, and there's so much there to uncover. It's not just about knowing your breathing, it's about having a skill set to access that potential. Um, and in this case, it was cooling. And I did a very specific um, cooling practice for a year and a half. Wow. And it was constant and it was very rigorous, uh, but it helped. And I haven't had a spasm in I don't know, maybe six or seven years. So uh, it's been a long time since I can remember having a serious spasm. And uh, it's a good thing to have in your background, right? In your your rear view mirror.
0: Totally. And in that way, I think it's such a beautiful analogy of how that situation came to be, like how you said you were looking to the external world, but it's almost how you trained yourself with with being in video and being with the camera it's like you're trained to look outward and it's so much easier to analyze and objectify what we're what we're seeing away from us and then when something hits us and it's so visceral your body put you into a state of like there was no other way but to go internal and that to me is really the definition of yoga because i know that there is there's so many different terminologies that get thrown around there and you can say yoga and someone's like oh that stuff or that woo woo and it's like it's actually about connecting to yourself and knowing who you are as a person so that your your true essence can really radiate out and um it sounds like you've you've really taken that journey super seriously and i I love that. I would love to talk to you much more in depth about your practice and, um, and what particular practice that was. Um, but for other people who are listening and heard all the stuff about the breath, I would encourage you looking up either Joe Samody or looking into techniques like para yoga, because there are a lot of, There's a lot of teaching that goes on that doesn't have a strategy or a method behind it as to why we're actually practicing. And that's really why I fell in love with para yoga is that there's the the ancient wisdom as well as the practicality of it. So I would love to hear a little bit about the, um, the trainings of para yoga that you've done and why in particular you resonated with Rod Stryker
1: He's very grounded uh, in his approach to the teachings. He's very practical. Uh, he understands the students who are seeking his guidance. And he's adapted of quite a complex and uh, often inaccessible language of techniques, and knowledge, and he's made it very accessible. And you learn through years of being with one teacher, how much you have to ask of yourself over and over again, kind of the same questions, same inquiry, to deepen your understanding of something so simple as sun, moon, fire, right? There's a very beautiful uh, practice that gives you a sense of the depth of our para-yoga knowledge and, and database. And I've heard him teach that teaching many times. And every time I hear him, it's more refined. It's more clear. As if the last time wasn't as clear, this one is even better. It seems like it's even more eloquent. And that tells you something about his studentship, how much he values his practice and how much he really wants to embody that so it's clearly laid out to each student. And I think that's a really special lesson for your viewers, whatever they're doing in their life. It's this constant level of inquiry. And it's a really loving, compassionate inquiry that you continue to kind of churn in you as you ask questions and more of yourself to figure out what is all this? What does it really mean? Uh, Not taking anything at surface level. But to kind of piggyback off what you were saying earlier, what we have here is a deep emptiness in the inner world. And the conversation needs to be more about why the inner world is starving for our attention. How much have we given to the outer world on a day-to-day basis so the inner world's not listened to? Because there's signs and signals all the time, and yet we're not given any kind of way to communicate with those signs and signals. So we have a cultural and societal issue, pandemic might've brought some of that to the surface, where the inner world is not seen and not known and is so mysterious and so dark that we just assume it's not important. We just assume it has very little value. And these assumptions are highly incorrect because they're creating such high levels of dysfunction so we need to ask ourselves, why don't we value the inner world? Why, why can't I go a little bit deeper? Why can't I ask more questions of my inner world? And if we do that, if we begin to have that conversation in schools, at home, at work, I guarantee you that that level of language and understanding won't be mysterious anymore. It will become common day. And we don't have to label it yoga. We don't have to label it mindfulness. We don't have to label it anything. It's just our inner world. And then we can start to really begin to be honest with ourselves and share the suffering and pain that we all have, as well as the joys and the happiness that we all have.
0: Just so well said, Joe. And the fact that you said it doesn't have to be called yoga is like that speaks to me hugely because people, you know, how people go, Oh, I'm not creative and I'm not this. And I'll be like, well, what do you do here? Or like, do you like gardening or something? It's like, that's creative. And it's just our we get so limited by the English language, I guess, where, you know, we're talking on what's called a computer, but somebody else could have labeled that a dog and we would call it the same thing. And it actually misses out the whole essence of what yoga is or exercise is, or the meaning of life is. Um, we're trying to put words and pretty language around it, but it's, yeah, I don't know. I just, that really spoke true to me. And I'm sure that people listening is like, no yoga is still stretching or exercise. And that's totally okay. um, for them to think that and to be on wherever they are on their path. But, I'm definitely on the same page as you of like trying to spread that message or language from a really young age to particularly children where if we're talking to them about these things of getting comfortable with asking the bigger questions or figuring themselves out, that can be the teachings of yoga, but it doesn't have to be a yoga class as such. Um, And I think that is just such an incredible... Uh, insight that you that you spoke to so thank you for that uh, my other <laughs> I don't know whether to unravel this one or not because <laughs> it's probably quite a big one and there's um, a lot of taboo around the word tantra and I have such a different you know understanding of it now having trained with rod and prior to having his mentorship and teaching, I probably would have fit into the group of like Tantra is XYZ and would have thought all sorts of things about it. But I wondered if you could just quickly sum up what Tantra means to you and, um, yeah. It's
1: like asking what is life.
0: (laughs) Well, see you later. This is going to go well over an hour. (laughs)
1: I would just like to say to your viewers that, that this is a practice that wants you to find the fulfillment and freedom that we all deserve. Tantra assumes that we come into this world with some obstacles, with some barriers. And then it also assumes that you're willing to look at those barriers and overcome them Tantra has some interesting definitions. One meaning of Tantra is to weave. Uh, and I like to hold on to that one, because what it is of weaving is we're reweaving the fabric of our body and mind as it was in its most pure state, its most connected state to nature. And when we are ha- harmonized with nature, we're happy. And we're, we can find our purpose and fulfillment when we're in that state. So a lot of what Tantra is teaching us, a full, complete experience of Tantra, meaning from beginning, middle, and end, everybody can find their way in Tantra yoga, find a technique, find practices, find tools that allows them to move inward, to get them to where they need to go, because we're all kind of going in the same place, same direction, same goal, is that we can... And trust that technology to meet us where we are. And that's another definition of tantra, of technology. And we can trust the science of yoga and its depth to guide us where we need to go and ultimately give us what we need in that moment um, to let go of the obstacles, to let go of the barriers, uh, what they may be and uh, feel a little lighter, feel a little bit more connected to something bigger than ourselves. And I think that's where Tantra should begin for all of us is that there's a potential inside of us and Tantra is a complete path for all people to get to where they want to go. Um, So we can approach this conversation in a multitude of different ways, which is what Tantra means when it means weave. It means let's just weave in different types of techniques from all sorts of sources, outer world sources, inner world sources, and just see where it takes you have that exploratory mindset and that's really what the seekers sages the rishis wanted back in the day when you talk about uh, patanjali and hatha yoga pradapika and uh, the grand samihita and the bhagavad-gita this is what they all wanted to be seekers and and to research and, and investigate and be scientists to our own inner world and that's the conversation we need to be having with ourselves because the more you delay that conversation the m- the less you'll know about yourself. And the truth is we need so much to find ourselves because we've created so many barriers. We need to release a lot of the tension points, mental tension points, emotional tension points, physical tension points to get to where we need to go. And that's the guidance of Tantra.
0: It sounds like it speaks really true to something that I read in one of your titles is, is it the Lifestyle Concierge? Is that?
1: Okay, yes.
0: (laughs) I just- That's
1: something I I do for clients.
0: Well, I saw that and I, I just thought it was like a nice way of explaining in a sense of what you do and how you weave different practices in of like taking people on an adventure, essentially, like, yeah, there's going to be obstacles in any story, like to any good story, there's a villain or there's, you know, all the ups and downs. Um, And so that I I really love your explanation of such a realistic approach to Tantra. um, And one that I, one that I share but probably couldn't speak as eloquently as you just as of yet um so I appreciate that and yeah does would you describe your um the role as like the lifestyle concierge as something that is almost a tantric practice of where you're weaving in a whole heap of different Um, methodologies to help guide someone from where they are now to where they want to be? Or is that completely off? Yeah,
1: you've summarized (laughs) it well. And it's, it's really about getting everybody to start to talk to their inner world, rather than feeling like it's a heap of wisdom everybody needs to learn or it's a heap of technology that people need to learn. I really approach it in terms of, well, once the entry point what is it that you just, how do we get in there and start to talk to our body and our mind? How do we start to have a productive conversation, a loving, kind conversation with ourselves so we can begin to kind of feel and sense and know what it's giving us. And yes, there's definitely some things to learn about the inner world in terms of dialogue, in terms of technology, in terms of vocabulary, But the big source is just how do I get in to start to feel those things and then know that they're real? Because nobody wants to feel like we're going to some mystical place or some far off land inside our body and mind. We want to feel like we're still kind of holding on to the outer world a little bit and still kind of going in and feeling our bodies, not letting go of our body quite yet, but just keep breathing and relaxing. Okay, I'm still there. I can still feel my body, it's okay. And then as I relax more, you realize that there's something there beyond the body. And then you realize that, oh, okay, maybe that's actually where I need to be. So you rest there more comfortably, more effortlessly. So I'm all about just trying to get that dialogue to happen. A lot of it is just getting my clients to talk to me like they're talking to their inner world. And that's not any kind of self-therapy. It's just us having a conversation that really gets their inner world churning for them so that they can feel the present reality of what that is. And then we use practice to navigate, to calm, you know, to kind of coalesce and kind of shape things so that, and meeting them where they are, right? So maybe they like to do relaxation. So hey, let's do some relaxation, that's a way in. Maybe they love to breathe. Wonderful, let's do that. Maybe they don't wanna do any of that and they just wanna talk. So let's talk. So we just try to figure out what it is, but I will emphasize Lauren that practice is at the cornerstone of all this. Mm -hmm. If you don't practice, you don't talk to your inner world. You're kind of pretending a little bit. So you need a home practice. And that's one of those journeys we all need to make. Once you get your home practice, your regular ritualistic inner world experience going. Now we're revving our engines. Now we're gonna get something going.
0: Yes, I completely agree. My my world changed when I transitioned from a studio practice to a home practice. And that that really changed when I started training with Rod. Um, And so fortunate that a lot of his early trainings are on his website as well to be able to access digitally. Um, And fortunately, where I was living, I happened to come across another teacher when I was living in Tasmania who was teaching para yoga. So that's pretty rare. Um, But when you were speaking about the inner world, I was thinking about this analogy before. And I, I so much think of our body as like, you know, it's this plumbing system. It's this unglorified thing in the internal world. We don't see it, but if we don't look after it, it will tell us and a pipe will burst. But If everything's flowing, we don't think about it. And I think that is, it goes to show when your practice is working is when you're not thinking about your suffering or your pains and your obstacles. It's like the channels in the body are open, the water's flowing, and it doesn't mean neglecting your practice at all, but it just means that there is like an alignment of all of the pipes, so to speak, um, that you don't, yeah.
1: And that's the prana. Now, yes. we, now we can't stop the conversation and not talk about prana and energy and yes. life force because when the plumbing is starting to work, that means you're moving energy. You're moving something positive inside of you. And hey, you're digesting better, assimilating better, both mental, digestive experiences. And, and that's what starts to get you excited. Right. Now the fire's churning and now we can get more into our inner world. Of course, when we're in pain, when I had my lower back pain, I was surviving, not thriving. I was trying to find answers. And fair enough, I had to take that journey. Once you get stable, steady, clear, calm, collected, now you can start to move into the refinement of all that. And and we all take it in our own pace. We do,
0: definitely as for your teachers rod striker being one of your mentors and teachers who else would you consider would be up there for people that you look to as role models or whose trainings you take it doesn't have to be in yoga it could be in some other field that you're also a part of
1: well that's an excellent question i to be honest i have a team of people <laughs> looking out for me. I have a committee of teachers, uh, a sangha of teachers, and they all really do shed a lot of light. And I, I just want to share with your viewers that you must have a circle of very inspiring people, not just your friends. That's great, necessary, but these are people who really light you up and they are on the journey and they're kind of you know, they're up, they're ascending and you're sort of, I'm, I'm, I see you, I'm gonna come up there soon. You know, I just need to do a few things. But um, so I have a, a great assembly of, of knowledgeable teachers from a lot of walks of life uh, who I constantly seek guidance from. Uh, no one really to point out today, but really to say that um, they're all connected to the lineage uh, in some way or they're connected to something spiritual in some way Uh, They are connected to a higher divine essence and that really helps guide me. And I I think we just all need to make sure we have those seekers and uh, beings in our life that remind us of the bigger picture and the bigger potential.
0: Yeah, it's important to um, definitely have someone we're aspiring to and when we have that we're we're always looking as to how we can like expand ourselves to grow into the qualities that they have and excuse me when we kind of we always think we're at the bottom of the rung it's like where I see you it's like you're above where I want to be and that's why you know I've reached out to connect with you but then there'll be someone who's like Lauren's much further ahead and we're all at different stages and we have to you know it's important to have a combination of both where where we're we're looking up but we're also the teacher and the leader as well Um, so I think that's a really it's a special gift to have in life or just to connect with people in general I think it's pretty remarkable Uh, oh I think I might leave the Agni Sara question for another time. And <laughs> I feel like we could probably talk for, about that for, for quite a length of time. Um, but what I might do is just finish up with a few rapid fire questions, which have not turned out to be rapid fire in the past. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good intentions.
0: Yes. We start out there and yeah, they'll just be... Um, a little bit random and we'll see how we go. Are you a dessert before dinner kind of guy or dinner before dessert?
1: Dinner before dessert.
0: Mm-hmm. What was your first job?
1: I was a bag boy for a golf country club.
0: <laughs> wow. Which meant
1: I cleaned golf clubs.
0: brilliant um top rep oh can't even speak top recommended book podcast movie or series
1: uh you know there's a there's a wonderful netflix series called sex education
0: oh okay i've seen that come up brilliantly
1: it's brilliantly acted by some very young talent Intriguing story, uh, highly recommend it.
0: Great, I was not expecting that and I love it. What is something no one or very little people know about you, Joe, that you're willing to share, obviously? I'm adopted. Wow.
1: At one month old, I was adopted.
0: Thank you for sharing that. That's amazing. I will, I have so many more questions about that. If you had to choose, we'll keep going with these quick fire. (laughs) If you had to choose between keeping your smell or your sight, what would it be and why?
1: Sight, because... I would really miss it, quite frankly. Um, you can still travel the world with your site in, in a fairly convenient way and be able to take in a lot of uh, a, a lot of the world. and there's so much beauty out there. there's so much color, you know there's so much variety. I'd want to make sure I saw that. It's prob- I'm answering that probably because it's the one thing I fear losing.
0: I was thinking the same thing I'm just like imagine imagine how your other senses would expand without your sight because it's so strong in most of us it'd be so interesting but good answer uh how much sleep do you aim for each night and do you have a methodology behind that
1: Seven hours is ideal for my body type and my uh, dosha, which is pitta. Um, I I take about 30 minutes prior to going to bed and I have a little bit of a ritual where I wash my face, you know, maybe drink a little water, maybe um, neti cleanse one more time uh, obviously brush my teeth and and kind of just get ready and prepare and i physically get into bed before i'm tired and that way i'm starting to kind of move the routine away from other things and into the mindset of sleep those are pretty basic things windows open obviously cool air is flowing in all that and uh, but it's it's a it's a ritual for sure and i will share with your listener viewers that um, it gets a little harder as you get older i think that's the truth there's something about the consciousness about sleep and just making sure you get into good habits and routines. And some of those things are easily lost as you get older. So, and that's just because of life cycles and, you know, people have babies and new jobs and all that, and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So the sooner you can get into reliable habits of sleep, oh, so much the better.
0: Totally. And added to that as well, it's like when we have a, a good sleep routine, we can start to structure out, um, eating habits a little bit earlier as well, which I know is something that's helped me is eating earlier. So my body's not using my sleep time as digest time. Um, yeah. And you get a much deeper sleep that way as well. Uh, where's your, where's your ultimate happy place, Joe? Yeah,
1: we're in it. We're Aww. in it. Uh, teaching, sharing, connecting with like-minded people, uh, just helping the world in real positive ways. Um, After I speak to you, I'm going to go off onto the campaign trail. I have a friend who uh, is running for city city council here locally in our town, and I want to canvas
0: for him. And All these things are my happy
1: place. Um, when I'm being creative, I'm happy. So I'm pretty fortunate person to be pretty much in my happy place. Most of the time.
0: I feel like you're somebody who constructs that you have the perspective of being able to, to see each moment as, as a blessing, which is a, it's a beautiful quality. What is a superpower that you've always wanted? And Do you think you have it, or is it something that is like completely out of this world?
1: I would love to see what other people are thinking. (laughs) I think it would be fascinating and be able to be much more intuitive, you know, (laughs) much more uh, productive conversations if we could actually see other thoughts from people. But um, yeah, that would be fun, especially as a teacher, because I'm always constantly being with students and trying to figure out what they are thinking. Um, I have some sense of intu- intuition around that. Um, I think you get that as you further go further on into your inner world, but um, not quite to the depth that I would like to s- be able to really read the situation. Um, there are people out there though, I think that can really do quite a bit with that. They know kind of people's sensibilities very quickly.
0: It's all about paying attention, isn't it? <laughs> can Yes, it is. Is there a place you ha- haven't traveled to that you would like to travel to?
1: Well, Australia is one of them. Come uh, say hey. Hey, Spain, <laughs> um, Buenos Aires, I haven't been to, uh, you know, I kind of put a halt on travel, international travel. So there's a lot of long, you know, uh, Greece, a lot of countries I really want to get to soon, As um, soon as we can get back on the plane. So. Uh, yep, that's that's an important part of life too. And I've been a little bit congested with work lately over the last kind of half a dozen years. So I'm ready to get back out there and start to see the world again.
0: What is your, um? what's your ancestry, Joe? You have such beautiful skin and features. I'm wondering whether like one of those exotic countries are your, where you want to visit. No. No, you're just <laughs> no. beautiful.
1: <laughs> I'm Western. Western European. uh, Pretty boring. Uh, Not saying Western Europeans are boring. Just, I don't find it quite as intriguing as far as heritage goes. And remember, I'm adopted. So I did do 23andMe just to figure out what all that was about. Um, My Samodi name is Hungarian, but I don't have any connection to such a lineage. Um, So, you know, you kind of dig into your own background to see how how it all works. I'm thankful for 23andMe.
0: Yeah. It's pretty amazing how we can, um, there's so much out there now. I mean, to access a whole range of information, we basically have it at our fingertips, don't we? Yes, we do. Two more questions. What is your latest favorite or most used word that you find yourself saying?
1: I don't know <laughs> you stumped me on that one <laughs> gotcha i don't i don't know if i have a word that i constantly use you'd have to ask my husband he sure. probably would know better
0: yeah i feel like they would and it's just like yeah yeah cool we'll have to get him on here at some point um do you have a memorable teaching moment that's really stuck out to you over the years like in terms of it being the student having an aha moment, a light bulb moment, or you just going that was the best class ever or best teaching moment?
1: I think anytime a student has a breakthrough, it's really quite special. And because I work with so many students one-on-one that I'm not saying it happens every day, but it happens fairly often. And I can see momentum shifting inside of them. That's always a, a wonderful feeling as a teacher to know that, that they've worked hard enough there. Um, me not being in, the picture as much, you know, and I'm just somebody as a touchstone. And every once in a while we talk, they really do all the work. And I just kind of suggest and guide and, and, and offer ideas and insight that might help them. Uh, so that's really the main thing I think of when I think about teaching. Um, I, I, I think every time you're out there in the public and te- in, in the space of teaching, it's really a journey unto itself. I've never found it to be banal, or or any kind of like predictability. It is always exciting. You're live on stage, everybody. And although it may not be being filmed, it's still live on stage and you don't know what's gonna come at you. You don't know what you're gonna say. And here you go, let's just see how it all unfolds. And I've surprised myself over the years as as it goes, you just don't realize that you're actually in that moment and it's all happening just so beautifully. So teaching if you're truly connected to it is is kind of a gift constantly giving back to you over and over again
0: so beautifully put now when is your book going to be out where are you at with writing that
1: so the the journey with writing um started a year and a half ago when i really wanted to tell my lower story, and i in earnest began in 2020 uh, writing that story down very specifically. But um, in the midst of that journey, writing hundreds of pages really, I realized that I just wasn't as excited to tell that story anymore. It was it was it wasn't really filling me up and I was getting a little frustrated by the lack of kind of excitement around the writing journey. Uh, I turned the corner early this year and I said, you know, fiction might be the better way. And I started playing with scenarios and, looking at opportunities. And I just find it is an open market right now, an open opportunity that nobody's writing thrillers that really weave in some of the deeper teachings of yoga. And I know that just sounds like thriller and yoga. How does that work together? So it's it's kind of a conundrum there. But you have medical thrillers, and you have historical thrillers, and you have legal thrillers. So You know we're we're just going to tap into the millions of folks like yourself who love to read slash love yoga and and see if we can impart some of this energy uh around yoga and the teachings i will tell your viewers listeners that um my stories will take place in the future so the future meaning aspirational in the sense that a new wave of yoga has come forward and, and people now are seeing yoga in a different light in this new future space. And uh, from there, we can begin to have a real conver- A real story start to unfold.
0: I'm so excited for when it comes out. I will have it first on my ordering list. And I it's, again, like what we were speaking to earlier, how you were saying it's finding a way in to just acknowledge where someone's at. Like someone who picks up a thriller might have, you know, whatever reason they're picking that up for, but to have it impart all of this wisdom—that's, you know, it's a very clever way of of writing a book and appealing to a different market. So I think it's just going to be absolutely awesome, and I can't wait for that to arrive in my in my letterbox.
1: <laughs> well, I'm just as excited myself. Yay. see what happens so it's it's a fun journey believe me i love being creative and it's a it's a gift to sit down and and write um what you love about
0: totally so to wrap this up joe where can people find you what is the best way that they can get in contact with you or find your teachings whether it's online or in person
1: 2020 yoga so 2020 yoga.com and uh I host a Sunday Sangha, um, not that in America. It's it's uh, 8 a.m. in the morning in America um, in the mountain time. But uh, we do a live sort of kind of get together every Sunday at eight o'clock in the morning in mountain time. And that's a chance to kind of tap in and see what it's all about. And I put those up on YouTube. So if that's time is inappropriate and inconvenient, then just tap into YouTube and find those practices there. But Really, just guiding people in meditation, deep breathing, and doing a little self-reflection uh, around the practice. And uh, you know, I'm always open for more uh, one-on-ones, more privates. And when we get out there in the real world again, face to face, body to body. We'll
0: I look forward to having more of these kinds of chats with you. And I'm actually going to look more. Up. We did freeze up a little bit, but that's okay. I was probably just smiling and staring at you. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I do want <laughs> lovely to lovely <look> smile. Into, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I want to look more into the classes that you offer, and to keep people like yourself around and like within that team that we speak about. Where. Um. I resonated with you for a reason and even though I might not have known that at the time even now just having connected with you in person it just it's that proximity is power kind of thing where I'm just like I just want to know more of what you do I I love like I love you as a person but I also want to I would trust your teachings as well so I know that you're just you know a few steps above me in in what you've done for teacher training and I can always deal with more people who can impart wisdom in a really practical way um, for such complex teachings at times so um, thank you for your time today Joe. I appreciate you um, getting back to me and just jumping out and doing this It, it inspires me and it yeah it makes my heart smile and my whole body smile it's amazing
1: that's wonderful. Well, thank you for thinking of me and, and I thank your listeners for listening. And uh, it's such a great opportunity to be able to reach out and be able to connect with you like this. It's uh, it's a unique moment in time and I, I really do cherish it.
0: It is. Absolutely. I am going to cut this off, but I will um, just say goodbye to you before we actually end the call. <laughs>